When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League Updates. Hello, this is Football Social Daily and happy Monday to everyone except Roberto Jimenez. You don't deserve it. <laughs> I'm Jim Salvas and this is Football Social Daily, the only podcast that promises daily Premier League news and opinion. With me in the Sports Social Studio today, we've got Nama Korn. Hello, Jim. And we've got Steve McNaughton. Good morning, gents. Today, on the agenda, we're going to be talking Aston Villa versus Newcastle, the big one from the Premier League weekend. That's going to be drawing the game's week to the close. We're Count down the hours. <laughs> we've got the January transfer window almost upon us, so very soon we're going to be talking about all the players coming into the Premier League. But right now, it's all about outgoings, and there's a load of managers that are under the cosh when it comes to pressure. We're going to be looking at the sack race and which Premier League manager could be out the door next. And could one of those soon-departing managers be Pep Guardiola? Manchester City very much still in the title race at the moment, but there's a growing concerns from some Manchester City fans that believe that this will be Pep's final season in Manchester. Are the warning signs there? Will he be leaving the Etihad? We'll be having a look at those rumours in a bit as well on Football Social Daily. But first, you have a review, boys. Yes, yes. what a way to start a Monday. Let's Get start a Monday going. with a review. This one is from Spain, so good Ooh. evening to everyone in Spain. <laughs> the Jack Smith. Did you see that interview on Sky Sports, by the way? Where the interviewer started his post-match press conference with Emery in the tunnel with "Good evening, Emery." Oh <laughs> no! It's I didn't been see that. even the reporters are taking the been, It's been a bad evening, and right. and Emery just kind of didn't didn't react to it don't at all. Like but he should have clocked in one. Yeah, I don't like That's that. That's unprofessional. Though. It, it is, is unprofessional. completely unprofessional. But go and watch it on Twitter. But it's it funny is also quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this one comes from Spain. The Jack Smith, who says, good guys, good chat, good banter. He says, living out the country, very useful to stay up to date with everything that's happening. Since I found it, I've listened every day oh, and I've oh, never nice been one. bored. Wow. And I think, I think Jack, am I right in thinking, Jack, you tweeted us asking Kieran for some fantasy football tips as well I think he did yeah wow. so hopefully Kieran's advice has gone uh, gone to lengths to help him out with his fantasy there you team. go Jack we'll be really pushing that test of whether you'll be bored when we talk about Aston Villa versus Newcastle later <laughs> in the podcast but thank you for listening and if you leave a review however you listen to podcasts whatever app you use or whatever service you use leave us a review there and you could get a shout out on the podcast too so 
let's talk about the sack race because that is what's dominating headlines at the mm. moment. Who's going to be the first Premier League manager to get Take their P45? Well, we ran a poll on the Sports Social Twitter account yesterday at the Sports Social, asked who the Sports Social listeners thought would be getting the sack. Marco Silva, 38%. Unai Emery, 32%. Pellegrini, 26%. Ralph Hasenhutl, who was also on the list, just 4% of people think, thinking he'll be the next manager to get the boot. Do you think that's a fair assessment of where we are at the moment? Ooh, see, do you know what? We both inhaled at the same time then, so I think we're both <laughs> ready to tee off on these managers. i tell you what's the best way to figure out who's the next manager to be sacked, mm. is to make them all actually have a sack race, like a traditional sack race. <laughs> then the egg and spoon. That is literally about... Down spinning field. That is, yeah, exactly. That's literally about the only way I can figure out who could be next to go. I think because there are so week. many managers under pressure. Mm. The one for me has to be Marco Silva just purely because you can't lose 2-0 to Norwich at Goodison Park and expect to have time to turn it around. I just, I don't see how things are improving at Everton. They're not. I think Marco Silva should be the one that's fearing the most for his job. But there are some sort of quite crazy statistics floating around about, you know, the way the league's shaping up and, and who's got who. Southampton have got Watford, I should say, next week. So you talk about Ralph Hasenhurtl and his possibility of perhaps losing his job this time last year. Southampton in a similar position sacked Mark Hughes, brought in Hasenhurtl and it seems that the same things are happening. They've got the same signs. They don't beat Watford next week. Serious danger signs for him. But is there a question for Hasenhurtl that actually he's doing a decent job what, with is what he, he has available? Is he though? I don't, I Was Mark Hughes doing a decent job? job? Are they just not a very good team? And I said this on I yesterday's think, I think podcast. that could be the problem. I mean, is, there, not very is good. there an answer to that? The, no matter who you put in there, they're just not that good. They're probably not good enough to stay up. It's That's, one of those cases of chickens coming home to roost. It, well, They've spent so long 100%. shipping out their good players and not bringing in enough quality. Mm. And we talk about West Ham. That's now seven Premier League games <laughs> without a win. And actually, we spoke about the, the West Ham Twitter admin and how he was feeling a little cheeky the other day, tweeting mm. about Jose Mourinho's arrival at Tottenham. On the 22nd of September, West Ham United tweeted a picture of Manuel Pellegrini uh, looking stony-faced as he gazes out onto the uh, the London Stadium turf with the caption, at the wheel, and uh, the sort of praying hands emoji. Since then, Oxford 4, West Ham 0. 2-2 against Bournemouth, lost 2-1 against Palace, lost 2-0 against Everton, drew 1-1 with Sheffield United, lost 3-2 to Newcastle, lost 3-0 to Burnley, and lost 3-2 to Spurs. So since they've tweeted that, West Ham have not won a single game. It's an absolute shambles. We'll talk it's more about West Ham in a minute. But Steve, what's your opinion on who's going to get the boot? Do you think that's a fair assessment that Marco Silva is the the man in the firing line before anyone else? The rumours are that it could happen any time this week and that David Moyes is going to come in as like a caretaker to the end of the season, which seems like a real step backwards. What I'll say, first and foremost, as a Liverpool fan, <laughs> in all seriousness I think Marco Silva and, and we talked about it as, as early as August on the podcast and we said listen if it doesn't happen by November he's a manager who's going to be under some considerable pressure considering the amount of money that he's spent mm. I don't think that's changed what I am hearing from the blue quarter of the city is that they, he's going to be in charge for the Leicester game at the weekend. Uh, they've got Leicester away, which is a nightmare fixture to have on mm. the back of that Norwich one. I think if it, I'd be surprised if it happened this week, but I think if they don't get a result against Leicester at the weekend, I think they'll do it then. I think, you know, like I said before, you could take your pick. I think there's five or six managers who are under mm. considerable pressure yeah. at the moment. You know, we talk about Marco Silva. 
Pellegrini. We talk about Hassan Huttle, and we talk about no one's mentioned Flores at Watford, who could have the shortest reign ever, yeah. uh, because they they look even worse than when Grazia was in charge. Mm. Pochettino's obviously gone; that makes him available, and I think he'll probably remain unavailable to the end of the season. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's going to go no anywhere. Rush, apparently. But if we see Everton making a call, or West Ham making a call, or even Arsenal making a call, Arsenal will probably think they can get a higher quality of manager. But in real real terms, when you're looking at top flight managers, they're all fishing in the same pool. And if one makes that decision, then they're going to have first dibs almost as it was. Well, Gary never called it sacking season <laughs> um, because it is. It's around the time of year where you, you're well into the season. And if you're not getting the results now, you need to start making a change, particularly mm. before the January transfer window. If managers are given autonomy over transfers, then they can pull some strings to bring their own players in. But also with the with the fixture pile up and how congested it is over the festive period, you want as much time as possible before that period yeah. begins to really sort of stamp your authority on a team and, and, and get the team believing again. And I think that that's when manager changes. That's why manager changes tend to happen now. Uh, as opposed to maybe over Christmas. I mean, the rumours were that Unai Emery had six games to save his job, likewise Manuel Pellegrini, but six games takes you into the guts of December, and is that too late? Mm. Is that too late to make a decision, to make a snap decision? But you know, pulling out of what you just asked there, who is available? Mm. Who is available and willing to come in and try their hand at some of these clubs where they're not going to get immediate success? I can't think of someone who can come into Everton right now and turn them around and, and you know, they're, they're going to want to finish in the top six. It's not going to happen this season, not with the start that they've made. If so Marcus... who, who's available out there? You think uh, Ancelotti at Napoli. Some rumours came out yesterday that actually Spurs wanted Ancelotti, but he was too expensive yeah. to prize away from Napoli. More expensive than Jose Mourinho. Which that was a surprise to me. Um, Maximiliano Allegri is available. The former mm. Juventus manager is available. Uh, Tenag from Ajax. He's not available. He's though. not available, but he, he'd be cheaper to get than yeah. some of the other managers in work at the moment, you'd think. Um, and there are people out there. Favre from Dortmund's about to get the sack as well. Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? I mean, there are some great managers available out there. And this is the Premier League we're talking about. It's not going to be the the hardest challenge to prize a manager away from a European league to convince them to come and manage in, in what is the best league in, in European football. From a West Ham point of view, there's a, and I've, you know I'm a West Ham fan, there's a interesting. ITK in the no account on Twitter that tends to get this stuff pretty right called ex-West Ham United employee. And he tends to call this stuff right. And apparently there's been a lot of interest from managers inside the Premier League and outside the Premier League in the West Ham job. They see it as a project. And some of the names that have been mentioned are Sean Dyche, who I don't think would be the right fit for West Ham. I think he come up with the same problems that Allardyce had and Moyes had that the fans don't warm to the type of football. But Eddie Howe apparently is interested in taking the West Ham job, which you never know with this kind of thing, whether it's a way to get a new contract or a better contract at the existing club. But Eddie Howe would feel like a very interesting fit for Yeah, West I think Ham. that's a nice fit for West Ham. He's a guy who has worked wonders at Bournemouth. He had a rough spell at Burnley when he went there yeah. briefly. But, you know, he's ready for a bigger job. And let's face it, you know, West Ham is a bigger job than Bournemouth. There's no doubt about that. Hmm. And I think he's a guy who's destined for big things. So I see, I could see that being a good appointment for and West Ham. People say the Arsenal job might be a step too far for Eddie Howe at the moment. It would feel like a good... I mean, I hate to refer to my own club as a stepping stone, but it would feel like a good stepping stone. Prove yourself at West Ham for three years, and then you take the big job after that, whether it's a Manchester United or whether it's an Arsenal. I just wonder whether Arsenal have got the, the, the balls to appoint Howe after the back of what's mm. happened with Emery. I think they need a, a proven manager to come in next, which I think they... 
just naturally gravitate towards Allegri. Uh, I think that that would yeah. seem to be the approach. It's it, it's it's t- tough because, like we said, there's not an abundance of availability out there at the minute. I mean, I was watching some of the Sky Sports news stuff at the weekend, and Everton fans are asking for Rafa Benitez, you know, to go in and manage them. So Rafa well, feels Benitez like, wouldn't do that, would he? No, but I think Rafa would would you know if they didn't do Eddie Howe at, uh, at West Ham, I think Rafa would be a good appointment. I thought the Sean Dyche comment was interesting, and this was brought up on yesterday's Premier League Review podcast, and actually we discussed that. Sean Dyche, if you look at Burnley's squad, it's very much a crop of British and Irish players mm. with the occasional European or, or other player thrown in there. He's only really ever worked with that blueprint, that framework, that, that model, that business model, so to speak. So if he went into somewhere like West Ham, how much of a cultural change would that be for him in terms of his management style? Completely. He'd have to deal with different languages, different cultures, different attitudes. There's an ego thing as well. And there's an ego thing. Of course there is. West Ham are undoubtedly a bigger club than Burnley, as they are than Bournemouth, as Steve's just said, with maybe Eddie Howe going in there. Mm. I just don't think Sean Dyche and West Ham works. No. It's not really the Claret, and, the Claret and Blue thing, yeah, you can see him in a West <laughs> Ham tracksuit. You can see him in a West Ham tracksuit, but I couldn't see him managing the club long term. The bad news for Pellegrini, I think, in this whole situation is No one's that. saying that he's going to stay. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the well, bad news. It, it, well, that's not a bad thing. Because when the board comes out and says, oh, he's our man, we're behind him, it's a project, and all, it's the kiss of death, isn't it? Well, the West Ham board tend to react to fans. They, they pay attention to Twitter polls. They listen to fan forums, which is good and bad in equal measures. But I think because there is so much negativity around Pellegrini, particularly, I mean, I've, I've been a big supporter of Pellegrini, He's and a bit of good I've, appointment. I've been suggesting he should get more time, but having watched the game at the weekend and the manner of which we played that first half against Spurs and the complete lack of ideas and the complete lack of seeming effort from the players, and I know that's a bit of a cliche, I think his time has come to yeah, an have end. Have you got your bell to ring there? There, where's the bell? Where's, where's the cliche <laughs> bell? I, do you know what? It's funny it's because I, I, was, I watched that game, I watched your game on, on uh, Saturday, and I think... You know, yes, you went 3-0 down. West Ham looked a different team when Antonio come on. Uh, you know, big, strong presence Absolute on the pitch. beast and, of a man. Uh, Did you yeah. see the condition he was in? Really, it's just Really hench. missed him. Really missed him. Uh, you know, and he come on There's and he stuck his goal really. Well. Yeah. There's only a bit of pace in that team. You, it was one of them games where you felt that if West Ham had another five or ten minutes, you don't know what would have happened. Mm. But you can't give teams a 3-0 head start because that's not how football works <laughs> at the end of the day. But I just think that it, it's it, depending on tonight's... If Villa beat Newcastle tonight... And go, and go above them by a point. That might be the springboard for West Ham's board to go, actually, we're going to make a change now. Mm. Uh, try and get someone in before the weekend, fresh ideas, new impetus, and and try and climb your way up the table. I'm not convinced that you'll go down this season. Let, let someone record that for posterity so we can, at the end of May, <laughs> when Steve said that guaranteed West Ham Guaranteed relegation. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that West Ham can get out of it, and the, the timing's going to be vital. I think they've got to really do it now if they're going to do it. Yeah. What about Marcus Silva then? If he does end up going, and like I say, I think something will happen this week. There is a manager will be sacked this week. I think two will be. Well, something funny happened yesterday on the show. I said to Ant, I said, "How does Marcus Silva keep getting these jobs?" He said, "How has Marcus Silva not been sacked yet?" And I said, "How does he keep getting the jobs?" And he's like, "How has he still got a job?" And it was just back and forth well, like that, that the was whole my time. Question. Sounds like a great episode. It, it was, yeah. It was a whole hour <laughs> and a half of, of us going, "Well, yeah, you know, you should never have got the job in the first place," which was my argument. And his argument is, "Why hasn't he been sacked yet?" And I think that that is actually a fascinating debate to be had. My argument is, "How did he get the job?" They were chasing him from Watford, and I think that might be sparing his blushes a little bit. The yeah. fact they chased after him for so long to, to try and it. get him 
they kind of feel that, oh, we're going to look a bit he stupid had, if we leave it a bit three longer. three strong... He had a, a few months at Hull when he first came to the Premier League from Olympiacos. They got relegated. They got Jim. relegated, but he did turn the around was already and Olympia, yeah. and Olympia, And Olympiacos, with all due respect to them, a huge club in Greece, massive club, but it's the Greek League. Yeah, and Paul Merson... He doesn't get many things right, but he managed. He said he could have won the league with Olympiacos when he first came to Hull. Kind of massively disrespected him. So Marcus Silva did all right at Hull, but as you say, he got them relegated. Came to Watford, had three good months at Watford. Then Everton started to show an interest, and it fell to bits completely. Turned his head, didn't it? Not really done much at Everton at all, considering the money he spent. I think it's spot on. If he gets sacked from Everton, that's it. He, he Silver, won't get. I said yesterday he will not get another Premier League job again. If Everton sack him, that's it. At the end of the road, Marco. You're not you think? Getting, yeah, who's going to employ him? You're not getting another job, mate. Simple as that. Unless he is the master seducer because he's managed to convince mm. Hull, he, uh, he managed to convince Watford after he was relegated with Hull that he was the right decision and he's managed to convince Everton, who were twice the club that both of those two clubs are with no disrespect, to, to give him a job. And if he gets sacked from Everton and he gets another job after the way that the boos at Goodison Park were loud, mm. loud after losing 2-0 to Norwich who hadn't scored an away goal since the first day of the season when they lost 4-1 to Liverpool, scored two goals at Goodison Park. Well, maybe it's just Norwich being able to score in the city of Liverpool, I don't know. Maybe that's just <laughs> something about that's it. a thing, though. Right, something in the water. But that is not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. Mm. Especially the money that he spent as well, because we talked about it in August. Well, that August makes it and, even worse. And I keep referring back to August when we were doing the early episodes of the season. And we were saying, you know, you cannot... He's being backed so much by the board, you know, Mashiri's and, and I mean, Bill Kenwright are giving massive amounts of money excuse? to spend. What's his excuse? What's his excuse? There is none. And what's his blueprint? What's his style? What's Marco Silva trying to do? They're not famous they, they, for anything. They were brilliant at Goodison Park for six months, but they couldn't buy a win away from home. And now that home form started to, to falter, they can't win at home. They can't win away. Marco Silva will do six months of Everton being great and six months of Everton being terrible. That's not good enough for a club like Everton Football Club. So let's not make the call before we move on. Are we saying Marco Silva is the next man to go? That would be my pick. As I, If I was the chairman of all of those football clubs, I would say Marco Silva deserved the sack the most. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I think Everton might give until the Leicester game. And I think I expect someone to go this week and I think it'll be Emery. I think they've got tough fixtures. Uh, Everton, and if he doesn't go this week, it will be in the next couple of weeks, I hope. But they've got to get a manager in so they can look at the January transfer window because whoever yeah. comes in is going to want to spend some money. It's a <laughs> window to buy in because you've got players cup tied and stuff like that, you know, especially from the European League. So it's tough, and mm. I think Everton are in, uh, Everton are in a, a relegation battle here. I hope it's going to be West Ham that pull the trigger first, purely because, and I like Manuel Pellegrini, but I think you need to get it's an arms race here. If you want to get the good managers, you've got to make that call early. Otherwise, you could get beaten. I think if they're going to go for Howe as well from from Bournemouth, he's probably, what's he going to cost? Six or seven million quid to get? The thing is, I just think he, like I said to you a couple of weeks ago on the show, I said West Ham with their vision, new stadium, new players, new branding, even changing the club crest, and this whole new idea of bringing West Ham to become a a Europa League force. Why have they employed 66-year-old Manuel Pellegrini? It kind of felt like a lazy appointment just because he's won the Premier League once. And we had this discussion yesterday, and yes, his record was good, and why not? But he felt that to to execute that vision, you need a young, progressive manager that is in tune with that Mm. idea of getting West Ham onto this pedestal. It's the lure of the big name, though, isn't it? It's the lure of the big name, which does tend to happen for a lot of... Premier League managers, which is why you get the same people recycled around the same jobs time and time again. But Eddie Howe does feel like a much 
better fit for what West Ham want to achieve at a club. I, I, I can't see You it, want but... someone in there who's going to be there for a few years, don't yeah. you, and actually make inroads into building what West Ham want to be. Exactly. Right, we're going to come back in a minute on Football Social Daily. We're going to talk about Aston Villa versus Newcastle, the final game of the Premier League weekend, and we're going to talk about Pep Guardiola. His future at Manchester City is the one. We'll do it next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And we're going to talk about the final game of the Premier League weekend now. It's Aston Villa versus Newcastle. And maybe it's telling that we've got three Newcastle United supporters regularly on the podcast and they're all very conspicuous by their absence today. (laughs) (laughs) So what does that say about tonight's game? Bit of team news for you. Aston Villa captain Jack Grealish is set to play against Newcastle tonight. He's been out with a calf injury for some time. Tom Heaton, Bjorn Inglis and Matt Target are also expected to be fit. Newcastle have Florin Lejeune, is that how you say his name? <laughs> Florin Lejeune. Lejeune? Yeah, and basically all of their goal-scoring defenders. Are like, the yeah. goal-scoring <laughs> defenders. The Steve Bruce special yes. is back. Uh, we're also joined by a new voice on the Football Social Daily podcast. We've got Pete from Football Eclipse, which is a footballing podcast who also happens to be an Aston Villa fan. Hello, Pete. Hi, how you doing, Jim? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Cheers, mate. So the most interesting thing for me tonight isn't the football that's going to be played on the pitch. We've already decided that's not going to be very interesting. It's going to be <laughs> Steve Bruce returning to Villa Park. What kind of reception is he going to get? Do you know what? I was speaking about this with my friend, and at first, I, you know, I, I believe that we shouldn't boo him at all, but I know Villa fans, and I know we're going to give him a bit of stick. You know, we saw when he got sacked, you know, a few days after he had a throw, uh, cabbage thrown at his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about I that. Be, Can't miss it. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a few more thrown at him today, but I'm, I'm, I won't be one of them doing that. Um, I, you know, he, he nearly got us promoted. It was unfortunate we lost in the playoff final to um, Fulham. So I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm just more focused on trying to get the three points today because we desperately need a win. Does this feel like a bit of a relegation six-pointer? Where's the cliche bell? Get the cliche bell back in here. We've lost it somewhere. So does it feel like one of them? Because Newcastle are doing slightly better than maybe some people predicted they'd be doing this season. And Aston Villa, you're, you're hovering above the relegation zone. But at the same time, Villa fans seem reasonably happy with how this season's going. Yeah, we're quite optimistic. I think that's purely down to the fact that we're playing some good stuff. Um, you know, in recent weeks, what's been letting us down is the, the late goals that we've been conceding. You know, we nearly held off Liverpool, you know, a couple of weeks back. So we must be doing something right. I think what's going to pull us through tonight is is Jack Grealish's return. And I know I know every Villa fan raves about him, but it, it's true. Him and John McGinn are, are carrying us. And when Grealish doesn't play, it's, the, it's like the equivalent of City without De Bruyne. There's just, there's no heartbeat. So... That's the reason why I'm optimistic, and also the fact that Newcastle—they're not—they're not scoring many goals, really. You know, Joel Linton. I'm not really scared of him tonight. I'm more worried about the wingers in St. Maximum and um, Almiron. I know they haven't scored either, but I remember against your West Ham side, Jim, they, they were quite direct and they had a number of opportunities to score. So. Like I said, Jack Grealish's return and, and, and the fact that Villa score many goals is, is what might see us through tonight. Pete, uh, the January transfer window is about five weeks away now, so obviously mm. most clubs will be looking at who they might be tapping up to try and bring in during January. Are there any sort of areas of Villa's squad that you think will need strengthening by Dean Smith in January? Well, you know, we spent you know a, a large amount of money in the summer. We mm. spent, what, near £130 million. So I think it might be a case of just 
trying to keep players this January transfer window as opposed to, to look to bring players in. We're still gelling the likes of, you know, Wesley up front, who I'm not really a fan of at the moment. Um, I, I might be being too harsh there because obviously he's 22 and he's he's just joined the you know, Villa in, in the largest, best league in the world. But um, I don't see it as a transfer window, like I said, of, of, of trying to bring players in. It's going to be a case of trying to keep McGinn and Grealish, I think. Do you think, do you think there's somewhere where we need to bring someone in? Is, no, is, I, don't, I, I, I don't think so. I just thought it was interesting because... I, I, Obviously, Tyrone Mings has been magnificent for Villa oh, since super, he arrived. Absolutely and he's, uh, he's earned himself an England call-up, and rightly so. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you talk about conceding late goals, and I'm not saying Tyrone mm-hmm. Mings mm-hmm. is at fault for these, but mm-hmm. it just seems quite interesting that the Villa fans uh, are being quite lenient uh, against the centre-backs and the way that they've played, because I think by all accounts, True. they've been excellent. So where do you think that, that that fault lies? Where do you think that chink in the armour is with these late goals being conceded? Is it just individual mistakes or lacks of concentration? To be honest with you, Tyrone Mings is a player that obviously was fantastic last year. He was, you know, the reason why we, 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 we got promoted. He was absolutely phenomenal, solid, doesn't miss a header. And this season, I'm not sure if, you, if you've seen a few of the games that he's played in, but he has given away a few cheap goals away to Palace, last-minute goal mm-hmm. we conceded. I know we beat Norwich 5-1 away, but that goal that we conceded was his fault. Um, so even though, you know, he's had his England call-up and he, he was fantastic in that game against Bulgaria, he, he, he's not at his full potential. Yeah. So I think he knows that. And a lot of Villa fans are saying the same. We've got Engels as well, uh, Belgian centre-back, who, to be honest with you, I hadn't heard of him um, until we signed him. And, and he's been really good as well. So I'm, I'm happy with the centre-backs. It's just a case of picking up a bit of form. Target's new as well at left-back. Yeah. Gilbert's new at right-back. And obviously, Heaton's in goal. So it's just a new defence. It's not the fact that we need any more. It's the fact that they're just a new team that needs gelling um, so so yeah it, it, it's just an issue these late goals that we're conceding because we're evidently scoring goals scored 17 goals this season yeah. so you know that's why tonight I believe that we will beat Newcastle but I think 2-1 to be honest with you I think, I think we'll get the win Pete good luck tonight enjoy the game mate and thanks for coming on no problem. Cheers James nice cheers. one Pete Everyone. cheers that's Pete Aston Villa fan and from the Football Eclipse podcast now, if we had Marley or Phil in the studio, I've no doubt they'd be predicting an 11-0 win for Newcastle tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Because 11-0 <laughs> would get Newcastle up to seventh. Which seems... But they're not, not going to win 11-0, for God's sake. No, no, but it's an example that one result, one win, and it won't be 11-0, that's just their goal difference. Yeah, they're New, not Newcastle's playing Southampton, goal difference are they? Is terrible. No, exactly. But one win could get Newcastle up to seventh, which is a, a demonstration of how the table currently looks. Well, Manchester United a couple of weeks ago jumped seven places from, I think, 14th to 7th with Mm -hmm. one win. But it's also a demonstration that things aren't going as badly at Newcastle as many predicted when Steve Bruce was appointed to replace Benitez. Well, the start of October, since then, they've been brilliant. But I think Pete mentioned it and highlighted it there, and I kind of joked about it before he came on, that Newcastle's goals coming from their defenders. Mm. Now, that's not going to carry on forever. And they've got a really good crop of centre-backs. And I think... Marley and Phil, they always talk about how good Cher and Lejeune and even Kieran Clark and mm. Dummett and these players have been chipping but in okay, with goals. Fernandez, okay. Fernandez has been chipping in with goals as well. So th- these are players that are scoring Newcastle's goals. Now, Steve Bruce must be sat there thinking, well, we can't get away with this for too much longer. Almiron needs to score. St. Maximin is rapid, needs to score. It hasn't happened yet. You just feel that they need one or two goals or yeah. a, a bit of luck, maybe just yeah. to bundle the ball over the line, just to, the get them, just to get them on their way. The thing is with, New, with Newcastle United, 15 points, and so are Brighton, so are Crystal Palace. Newcastle, Palace and Brighton. Yeah, so those three teams are on 15 points. No one is saying that 
Crystal Palace are in imminent danger right now. No one's saying that Brighton are in imminent danger right now, but people are still hovering that question mark mm. over the head of Newcastle United. It's, it's, I it's, think it's just 12 for, down. For some reason, it just doesn't feel like they're out of this relegation scrap just yet. No. And I'm not saying they're, they're fluking these wins because they're not. They deserve to beat West Ham. They've deserved the results that they've had recently. And I just feel that... They need to win, not more convincingly, but if they win 2-0 and Almiron scores two, I'm going, right, OK. Suddenly, you mentioned the front three because it's, it's a weird paradox. I've been quite impressed with Newcastle's front three this season. But as you say, they've just not scored goals. I think Jolinton looks like a good focal point. I think Almiron has talent. I think St. Maximum looks mustard I, I think he's, he's, he's just done. so quick yes. and so and quick Almiron, with his feet Almiron as well. runs his socks off St Maximin could be the fastest player in the league in a straight line possibly along with Traore and Dan yeah. James but what I'm saying is they need to start producing yeah. stuff <laughs> it's weird because though, it's, it? yeah. their luck is going to run out and I'm not saying they've been lucky but you can't rely on defenders mm. to score goals but and I don't want this to sound have, like a dig to Newcastle been unlucky. fans those three players have been unlucky to not to score really? on occasions yeah. as well they've I had two think... or three one-on-ones it's not been good saves it's been poor finishing Maximum it's been could poor have scored finishing. several times against He's, West Ham in that he game. is really exciting Maximum I, I think that's a great signing it's got to add a bit of end product to it the only footage I've seen was a video that Phil showed me when they, they were signing uh, Phil, who's obviously on the podcast with us, um, and he he looks great. I'm not convinced on Almiron as a Premier League player. No goals. Has he got an assist yet? No assists yet. Um, you know, people say, oh, he does so much more. He does so much more. Yeah, but you need to be delivering the numbers as well. I Like I've said all along with it, I think that Newcastle can't sustain this level of run over the mm. season, and I think they'll inevitably get sucked in towards the back end of it. I hope they don't. The big, massive, massive Premier League club, great set of fans, great stadium. Um, like I've said before, I want them to get new owners desperately, but I just can't see how, how this is going to end well because I put a tweet out at the weekend saying that I think managers who won't be there towards the end of the season, and I put Bruce in there mm. as well, I think it's going to go tits up somewhere. Um, I think Villa might get a win tonight, and I think if Villa can get a win tonight, puts them up to 15th, above Everton on goal difference, and... Um, it's very, very tight from 12 down. We are six days away from December, which means we are six days away from the Newcastle takeover rumours starting. Absolutely. So that'll happen soon. New I hope he scores. I'm just looking at his stats here. Almiron, six big chances missed in the Premier League um, over his career so far, which started last January. He's hit the woodwork once. He's had 40 shots, 13 on target, which is a third of his shots are on target. He hasn't scored a goal yet. It's not good enough. Come no, on, Miguel. Come on, Miggy. Grab convi- a goal. Like I say, I'm not convinced there's, a, there's a, a Premier League player in there. I know he's been getting played out of position, um, but I'm just, mm. I think the step up from coming from the MLS for him, uh, for tw- was it 22 million quid, something like that, they signed yeah. it? I, I might it be wrong. Record for, signing. Forgive me, Newcastle fans, if I'm wrong. But I, I think I'm, it was 22.5 or something like that. <laughs> it, was their, it was their record. I'm, not conv- I'm just record, not convinced on him. Not convinced on him. I think that's partly why he needs to do more. Record, yeah. si- record signing, and, and as is Joel Linton, yeah. Needs, yeah. Needs, needs to score. Well, he needs more service, Joel, Joel Linton, doesn't he? But he's a handful and he's a big, strong lad, so I've you know, high hopes for him. Before we wrap up today, we're going to play pretty much lip service to the final topic. We will cover this later in the week because I think it's a really interesting one. And certain s- portions of the City fans at the moment seem to think that Pep Guardiola will be leaving the Etihad Stadium at the end of the season. Now, this has been made a... What's the word I'm looking for? Mountain out of a molehill. Sensationalised. Is that what you were going to say? No, I was, was going to say, basically, it's been demonstrated by the performances on the pitch where City has seemed to have lost their way slightly this season compared 
to previous seasons. And this is a high bar. I was going to say, it's they st- they're still winning games. <laughs> they are still winning games, but not in the matter they did. Not in the matter where they won whatever they, they won last season or they are 100 points they by the injuries. season before. They have. But it certainly seems that there's a lot of players out of form at the moment. Raheem Sterling is reportedly refusing to sign a new contract until he gets guaranteed. He signed, one, he signed one a year ago for 300 grand a week. What, what, <laughs> 450 I mean, what grand this? this time. Yeah, but I mean, this is just Manchester City protecting their assets, which is, is, is what they do. So is it nothing? Is it, is it a story out of nothing? Pep Guardiola isn't going anywhere, even though he has been at Manchester City longer than he usually spends at a club. Uh, yeah, I think he's once his contract's done, I think he's off. But I think it's he's got another season after this one, though, he's hasn't got, he? He's got a, I believe he's got a two-year extension after this season right. but there is a break point at the end of this season where he where, can walk away yeah exactly so he might see that at the end of his contract that's worrying for Man City then I, I think there is legs in this and the reason I say that is because I think we spoke about it before that, and we've seen it at Spurs every club has a natural cycle mm. of when they need to just regenerate their squad and refresh the squad I'm not saying there should be a squad overhaul in the summer but certainly there are some players in Manchester City's current squad where you think might need to move on. David Silva's definitely going to move on. Fernandinho's getting on a bit. Otamendi probably won't be there either. Um, you look at the likes of Leroy Sane, who's attracting interest from Bayern Munich. He could well be off. You talk about Raheem Sterling not signing a new contract. Well, whether that's spelling danger for him being on his way to a different club, we don't know. Uh, Aguero's obviously getting on a bit. Um, we look at some of these other players. Ilkay Gundogan, there's been question marks over whether he's going to mm. stay. There are a lot of key players here who might well move on from Manchester City. And actually, if there is going to be a regeneration and Pep is going to stay for that final year, is there much point in him being there? I think it's and that's not, that's not disrespectful to him. It's just, is there a point of Pep being there if he's going to change the squad, mm. bring the players in, and then he's just going to leave after a season anyway? Is it really is, worth does, it? Does he have the appetite to rebuild, to, to do it again, to go step back, to step forward? Well, the, the, Premier League, the Premier League is strenuous and the big monkey on Pep Guardiola's back is the Champions League. He's mm. won it with Barcelona, and that was over, that was 10 years ago. Getting on for 10 years ago, I think he won it in 20, 2009 and 2011, 2011 I think. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been a while. Mm. And he couldn't do it with Bayern Munich, but they won every domestic honour that you could think of. Manchester City have done the exact same. There just seems to be this spectre around the Champions League, and I think if Pep Guardiola can't win the Champions League with Manchester City this season, then I think that that might well be the end of his of his of his cycle. Mm. Um, but what a cycle it's been. Oh, I mean, if we tremendous. are talking about Pep Guardiola leaving, that will excite every other football fan in the division because that means that <laughs> that means that Manchester City become mortal again. Yeah. Because even though that they're not you know firing on all cylinders right now, they're still a massive threat. And we spoke about Leicester being second and Chelsea were third going into this weekend's fixtures. But Liverpool's closest rivals are still Manchester City Absolutely. because they've done it before. 18 games in a row they won. Uh, and, you know, we've seen it done before and there's no reason they can't bring that form back. But Pep Guardiola, if it is to be the end, come the end of the season, what a run he's had. And he'll want to sign off in style. But don't write City off yet. There you go. Don't write them off. I don't in think three... nine points is, an, is enough, really. I think Liverpool needs to be 12 or 15 ahead Not of yet. Not yet. It's not, not time to t- write the no. title race off yet. In about three minutes, we went from Pep Guardiola definitely not leaving its paper talk to he's definitely leaving then, which is an impressive turnaround, even by our standards. I'm, oh, I'm not so Your mic's just turned yeah, around as well. Know, yeah, your I'm, mic's done a somersault at the go. news. Um, I, to be honest, it would be dumb to say Pep Guardiola is going to stay forever. He is going to leave City. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. So I don't think there's, that's not a new story that Pep Guardiola is going to leave. I think the question is, 
is he going to leave at the end of this season? Or next season? The, your, the, your, the, your question was, is it because of the way they're playing? No. No, it's not, not because of the way he's playing. I think Are the side... way they're playing is because he's leaving. But he wouldn't have told them that, surely. Who knows? He could have. I had think that the Premier League. It happened when, before when with Pellegrini, that, didn't it? No, yeah. When when the time does come, I think the Premier League will be a worse place without him. Completely. Uh, you know, we've got the two best managers I think in world football in our league at the minute, and it's exciting. They're playing this brand of football. I think we got the three best of the last twenty years, Steve. You probably Klopp, yeah. Klopp, Guardiola, Steve Bruce, and <laughs> <laughs> poor Jose. Even him out of that conversation. Absol- you know, definitely. And I just think that we- I've said it before on a podcast. We just need to enjoy this time while mm. we've got them, because in terms of marketability, marketability, the Premier League's never been in you know much higher profile than it is with these two. And I just think it'd be a sad day when when they both wave goodbye to it. We will no doubt come back to this conversation point at some juncture because I think Pep could well be off at the end of the season. That is it for Football Social Daily. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow with another episode. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.